Hello and welcome to Bookstagram Live with me, Chloe. In this episode, I spoke to Gigi all about the Grishaverse. We compared the books to the TV show and shared our opinions on season two. Our conversation comes with a massive spoiler warning for all the main books. So that's Shadow and Bone through to Rule of Wolves, as well as spoilers for the first two seasons of the TV show. This does mean that if you're not up to date, please go away, read the books, watch the show and come back later. Um, This episode will be waiting for you as soon as you've done that. This chat originally took place live on Instagram and you can still watch the original recording over on my page at C. Sutcliffe Books, which will be linked in the episode description. Happy listening. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. What have you been up to today? I have just been having a bit of a day off, so just rejoicing in the fact that I'm not awake at 5am. What about you? (laughs) Spent most of the day shopping, to be honest. Got some new trainers, a new top, just a few bits and pieces. I love it. Sounds amazing. Yeah. I've never done one of these before, so I'm a bit... Not sure. There's usually some kind of technical difficulty, so if that happens, don't panic. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's the best advice I have for you. We'll breathe and see what happens. <laughs> so, I brought you on here to talk about the Grisha verse because obviously Shadow and Bone season two just came out. Yes. And you also have had a Grisha verse avatar as your profile pic for a while, and I know. You love the whole series and everything. So I yeah. thought you would be the perfect person to discuss it with. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Just to start off and ease us into it, when did you first get into the Grisha verse? What was so, the first book? So I actually joined TikTok, I think would have been over COVID. And I had been out of reading for a while because I was studying at uni and everything. And I started with Shadow and Bone, so I literally started at the start. So this would have been like three, two or three years ago now. And I just started reading them. I read the entire trilogy in, I think, four days. And then I went on to the next. Um, it got me back into reading. And I thought the way I just kept every single book, I thought Lee Bardugo's writing just got better and better. And I thought the way the magical system in the world building and the characters she built were just completely fascinating a lot I know there's a lot of like controversial opinions about Shadow and Bone versus Six of Crows but I yeah. actually, like I don't think Shadow and Bone deserves the amount of hate it gets because I think no like, I completely agree with you there the um the books themselves are without them we wouldn't have the Six of Crows universe and I think all of the events that happens like even if like, I get people saying they weren't decisions, the events weren't the decisions they would have made, maybe, particularly with end of maybe, like, Ruin and Rising and stuff like that. But I think, I just think they were really, really good books and they just got me hooked again, which was, I'm really, really, like, grateful for because I loved reading when I was a kid. So I was just thrilled and, you yeah. know, that when everything, I knew the show was coming out and I thought, oh, it was perfect time to kind of just read all the way through everything. But, yeah. yeah I kind of- of did the same thing as well like i'd seen the shadow and bone series and six of crows series around bookshops over the years and i had no idea they were connected until literally everyone online was going on about the new show coming out and that was when i put it together that they were the same universe and so i started reading shadow and bone and then went on to six of crows and then the show came out and loved that yeah. too and yeah. I definitely think it's you can see the progression in Leigh Bardugo's writing as well from yeah. the beginning like each book does get better 100% 100% yeah. I know particularly with other series like the Shadow Hunters and what happened um with their yeah. series and what happened with the movies and TV shows of that I know there was a lot of um, opinions about that and I think everybody was very unsure as to how 
particularly when they announced that it was going to be they were going to have the six of crows characters in the show with the shadow and bone characters and we were all kind of like how yeah work especially when we all know the timeline and i think like season one worked quite well this season that we just finished i'm not sure about like what your opinions were on it i thought it was very good but i think we experience it's it's exactly like what Lee said it has its own entity it's yeah. not, uh, the books she necessarily wrote they're her characters and some of the events like it's very much based on shadow and bone and six of crows rather than being their actual the same thing so i think yeah really interesting i was very concerned about who they were going to cast as well i'm not sure if you had the <laughs> things you were like oh like what were your thoughts on like yeah. when the cast I think they did a good job with the cast. There were maybe a few that I was un unsure of when they first announced them, like Wylan, but then actually watching the show, I do think they did a really good job with it. Yeah, I was like, like, initially when they first announced, like for season one as well, I was really unsure about who they had announced as uh, Ben Barnes as the Darkling. I know oh, yeah. that he's like fan cast and but like I was really unsure how because his um look in particular is completely different to um how the Darkling is actually described yeah um and I was so concerned as to why they were calling him General Kerrigan I was like I know that that was probably the biggest shock watching the show mm. like the fact that he went by a different name and I believe there is a Kirigan in the books at some point. I can't remember which book, but was, there was a separate character. The Scars was the character Kirigan. Yeah. And I remember reading it and then watching the show going, um, what's going on here? Is this supposed to be a link? And then she was like, no, no, they're completely unrelated. And I'm thinking, then what are you doing? <laughs> um, I think. Yeah. I saw someone's talk about like Kaz and the Darkling, particularly like the Darkling's eye colour. Um, and they're saying Kaz is not supposed to have the blue eyes and the Darkling's not supposed to have the black eyes. Like they almost needed to switch their eye colours, which was I thought was really, really funny. Um, I, I was really unsure how Ben Barnes is going to play it. He's not the Darkling that I had imagined, mm -hmm. necessarily, but I don't, I couldn't now see anybody else playing him. Yeah. I was also nervous about Patty Gibson as Nikolai because, yeah. I, like, you know, they nailed Kaz, they nailed all the crows, they, you know, whereas with, I feel like, all of the Shadow and um, Bone characters, they were all a bit, their descriptions changed. Um, yeah. Definitely they had all the different descriptions, like, none of them were true, I would say, to the books with the the actors that they yeah. um, chose, which I think ended up working really, really well for the show. Yeah, it, it helps make it its own thing exactly. as well. Like, exactly. if the characters were exactly like in the books, then you'd expect the exact same plots as in the books. Whereas casting it slightly differently means they can bring in other elements. Exactly. And I think, like, particularly with season two, um, with having Alina as part Shu was yeah. really, really because in the books we don't get much of Shu Han's um, culture, um, not at least until um, I'm going to go into spoilers now, so sorry if no one's read <laughs> this thing is But Spoiler warning for this entire <laughs> chat, pretty much. Um, but definitely the King of Scars duology, we get a little bit more of Shu Han culture, but I think it was nice to kind of see it in a positive way and I think also kind yeah. of explore Tamar and Tolia's background and also kind of that element of where Alina's family at some point in her um like descendants and her heritage um yeah. I thought fascinating um I think there were definitely things that irritated me about this season particularly like the choice of how they melded Siege and Storm into Ruin and Rising, if you yeah. know what I'm talking about. Like, they definitely, know that definitely condensed the plots of it. Like, you could sure. kind of tell it was 
the end of the fourth episode, I think, was supposed to be like the end of Siege and Storm. But if you haven't read the books, you wouldn't be able to tell that it was supposed to be two separate stories. No, and I, I think exactly kind of like what you're touching on, like condensing the plots of those two books, I think um, they did a good job of it. And I think it was action packed the whole yeah. Because I think, I think everyone who's read Siege and Storm would agree that that book in particular Not is a, a bit... It, is it... it was a bit of a lull for me. It's probably the only Grisha verse book that I'm not that fussed about, to be honest. I think they did a good job with the show. Oh, 100%. No, I think, but like the one thing that kind of irritated me that there wasn't that kind of, that moment as well where Alina's hair changes colour. Yeah. Frustrated me. Um, I also think the one thing that I wish they would have done with this season, you can very much see the Darklings longing for Alina. It, yeah. In the books, at least in my interpretation anyway, I know obviously everybody reads things differently, but I'm not sure like what your perception of, we, like I'd love to know what your thoughts were on this. But yeah. with Alina, like she was very, very aggressive towards him there was no kind of like a particularly in ruin and rising you know where she says like i would i loved you once too and he gets a shock by that and it physically hurts him and like there's no like obviously they revealed his name as alexander in like two seconds of the first yeah scene. and like they didn't drag it out like they didn't make a big deal of it like no it is in the books it's supposed to be like the darkling and alina granted the darkling is clearly a nutcase but like mm -hmm. there was no kind of special moments between them like particularly him telling her his name was a very sensitive kind of moment there was none of this whole they didn't use the fact that the that alina did have some feelings for the darkling there was none of that especially like at the end um when he died is like obviously they say the words burn my body and stuff like that like don't leave anything that could be used yeah. as and stuff which was good but like there was none of this moment you know she talks about he was the like she almost sympathizes for him she feels something for him she pities him like she doesn't she there's that understanding there whereas with her she's just all aggression and i just i feel i wish they had played on that like if he had been a better man maybe they would have worked yeah. sort of thing like that relationship would have been nice to have actually seen because mm -hmm. we got not from her yeah i think re reading the books i maybe didn't feel the romance between them as much as other people did yeah so watching the show i guess i did want them to bring it out a bit more yeah. and they didn't really do it no definitely not with a link you could like on, on his side you can see it yeah but for her it's almost more like this obsession with trying to bring him down it's not anything romantic that could potentially be there yeah and i think like i didn't like that in ruin and rising alina like lost her powers but at the same time i'm kind of like like i was expecting that to happen but i was saying like yeah. the, the show i was like waiting for kind of mm -hmm. an hour crossover between the two of them where kind of like the darkling had a bit of her light and then where she found out that she had a bit of his shadow and they didn't really show that until like right at the end when she does yeah it's the i i'm interested to see what they do with that because alina wasn't yeah. my favorite in the first place about her being the villain yeah that's what i saw because it kept coming up like i was like oh maybe they're gonna do i, I thought about it and i thought nah they won't do that and then they i went well they kind of foreshadowed it kind of from the start because the darkling talks about power and you know you're seeking the amplifiers and like he says right before kind of he you know dies um he talks about like you have no idea what the cost is and I'm the only one who will understand you and he talks about I am your balance without me you have no equal and I think yeah you know I, I think that's an interesting play because I'd also because I and I do wonder what will happen is if 
she worked because she's now thinks since, since she's kept her powers with the amplifiers and everything she is the most powerful Grisha most powerful in vertical yeah um because she has the most amplifiers like I will be interested to see how that works if she has ever been given ever gets given the Jurda Param yeah that would be that would definitely be interesting to see but also so probably slightly controversial but I actually liked it in the books when Alina lost her powers because I feel like from the beginning she never really wanted them she never wanted the power she never wanted the fame she just wanted to live a quiet life and that's what she ended up with in the books so I don't know if in the tv show they can still give her that at a later point if something else will come along that causes her to lose her powers or if she is going to keep this power for however long the show continues yeah i think that's an interesting point you've just brought up as well like the fact that they probably will like whether or not they'll keep her in the show like what you just said about her wanting that quiet life they've kind of almost given her character like a personality transplant because yeah like what you said she just wanted to be with mal i was really like i saw it coming i'm not sure like what other people thought but i saw it coming with them with elena and mal about him pulling away um you know, you know as soon as she brought him back with Merzost, he started going like oh well am i with you because i want to be with you or am I with you because I was supposed to be with you because this whole event was supposed to happen? And that just made me, I'm not going to lie, gag. I went, oh. <laughs> I was really, really irritated by that. I was like, how boring. I was like, it, that was really cliche. Yeah. Like, I could see it kind of coming, but I was like, I still think, like, as much as, ir like, Alina kind of and her decision-making kind of irritated me, you, you know, that irritated me. I was like, well, what the hell was the point of them? Yeah. Uh, and, like, obviously now with, She's still engaged to Nikolai. So what happens there? Because that entire plot line is going to be different. And then... Yeah, it, it's so interesting with Mal going off as Sturmhund as well. Because he, he can have all these other adventures, but he's left Alina behind. So what happens between them now? Oh no, don't even get me started on that. That irritated me so much. Oh, he's Sturmhund. I'm... I'm sorry, is your name Nikolai Lansov? I don't think so, go away. I don't I, I didn't like Mal in the books. I hated him in the first book. Mm. Hated him in the book. I dealt with him in the third one. <laughs> and I kind of like was like, okay, you're not that bad. But like I don't, don't like that. It was just like you go off and you be Sturm Honda. I was like, no. Yeah. No. It's no. almost pushing him aside so I don't know if they're trying to put Alina and Nikolai together for real or I don't know what the plan is for the rest of the show I think the whole plan is just trying to give something something to do in the meantime for the lead up to like if we get next season obviously I don't know what everybody else is doing I have the show playing pretty much constantly in the background because yeah. I'm trying to keep these up we, we've all got our fingers crossed but it's looking good at the moment yeah i mean it's like one of the biggest shows it's in the top season one's back in the top 10 okay. i think i see and see we went to number one with shadow and bone season two like we've put it in number one so i think it stands a good stead i think grisha yeah. fans want to see the we want to see six of crows plotline so i think that was the other thing they did with these characters i thought wylan was perfect he wasn't ginger but the mannerisms of the character and the way he played him was like, like couldn't be more spot on. Um, yeah, and I think and him and Jasper are my favorite couple as well. Oh, well. So to see their dynamic play out was so cute. How did you feel about like kind of the way they did that? Because obviously that was I feel like they did the Crooked Kingdom yeah. backstory yeah. characters. Um, but Jasper and Wylan obviously meet in a different way in the books. Like, what, like since they're your favourite couple, how did you feel about the way that they had them meet in this book and the fact that they kissed and everything? Like, how did that make you feel? Like, what did you think? 
I did like how their storyline in particular worked out. It was maybe Kaz and Dinesh's romance, whatever's going on there, that I feel like could have gone a little differently and they just need to slow things down instead of trying to get Inej to push for it. And it's almost like there's a tension between them that isn't in the books, if that makes sense. In the books, I feel like they have an understanding that neither of them particularly want to be touched. But in the show, I don't know, I feel like she wants him, but he's there's almost a misunderstanding between them. I don't know if you felt that. I don't know. I think kind of the way they've gone about Inej, and I, it was interesting listening to Amita talking about it, um, it was interesting about Inej. Inej's trauma is slightly different. I don't think it was really touched on. Her backstory kind of, everybody knows she's from the Menagerie. Yeah. But her kind of trauma isn't really spoken about. And I think it's a lot more muted compared to the, the stuff that happened with Kaz and the stuff that's happened. You, you know what I mean? Like Kaz's backstory was huge this season. Yeah. I think it was a very long large focal point you know I think with regards to Inej and I think Inej is almost it's a lot more subtle I kind of saw moments of it but you know when they, they were knocked out by that stuff and were being poisoned yeah. you know I think all, what also knocked her out of that vision wasn't just the fact that Kaz wouldn't do that but it's also the fact that that makes her un like she wants him, but she is also struggling with the fact that she can't have him because even though mm -hmm. she, she didn't, she, in her dream, she could have kissed him, but she didn't. Yeah. Could have bridged that in her dream, but she didn't. So I think the fact that they both hesitated on that moment, not just him, but also her in her dream was, I kind of think I interpreted that as they're both hesitating um mm, i can see that yeah so i feel like hers is a bit more like and when he touched her she was very aware with him and she did tense up but it was like little things that i think they don't i don't think they want to bring too much attention to her own issues mm -hmm. notice she doesn't really touch any of the characters particularly the males yeah. none of them are um, in that scene, Amita was talking about with that assassin that she fights, she ends up in that kind of position. And she, and Amita says, she could have easily gotten out of that, but it was almost like she was pinned, like she was having like a flashback to being in the menagerie and being forced to do things. And she felt powerless yeah. and had that mental block. So I think Inej's character is definitely something that's going to be unlocked a lot more as it goes but I think that's something that they have to be careful with in today's day and age because of the trauma that she's been through like I think Kaz is easy Kaz everyone goes oh my god that's so bad whereas yeah. in Nej they're careful I think particularly since this is a show for kind of, they've aimed it at an age where younger teenagers can watch it so yeah. I think that's being aware of um I think like it was it was a good like I was a bit the scene where kind of he tends to her wound wasn't exactly what I was hoping for it wasn't mm. to me special I don't know if I feel like it was almost rushed as well because that's another crooked kingdom moment yeah, like, like they've pushed the storyline forwards so the characters are doing things that they're not ready for yeah, almost. yeah. I think when she said to him I will have you without armor Kaz Brecker I will not have you at all I thought that was perfect but I felt like all of that should have come before that moment where he's helping her I get yeah. it but it just didn't the timing just didn't feel right um mm -hmm. I think yeah I, I it's it'll be interesting to have like the actual heist now the yeah. actual heist Sticks with crows. I, I think I think the plan will be to do the ice courts in the next series. Yeah, I'm to see what they do with the shadow and bone characters, and that that's you know I've spoken about with my friends as well. Like 
excuse me, um, particularly with the book, like, timeline and spoken about, like, if the Darkling lived, obviously Elena disappears, but if the Darkling lived, Jerda Parham wouldn't exist, because I they, they think it's also yeah. that people, like, ask me all the time, like, why do you like the Darkling so much? Mm -hmm. Like, do you want him to? I don't want the Darkling redeemed. I think he is an incredible character. There's a reason he's one of my favorite characters. And I think he has this, he does have a God complex to an extent, but you, I think I've said to my friends, I said, he's no different to Kaz. It's just Kaz wants to be the bastard leader of the barrel, whereas yeah. the Dark has power and is older and has a lot more ambition. Um, you know, but I they're kind that's actually they're the same similar characters they just go about it in different ways they have both have trauma i think a lot of people discount what the darkling's actually been through and he talks about it. i think that was really interesting they did with his character um that ben barnes did was actually play on the fact that the darkling believes that he's the only one who can protect them like yeah. You know, he says that a little bit to Elena. He's like, let me be your monster. Like, he believes that a monster needs to battle the other monsters. Like, he needs to be there who yeah. do terrible things. You know what I mean? Like, in which is kind of like where Kaz from, comes from. It's like, but the Darkling, it will follow through. Whereas Kaz kind of is a bit more of what if people believe you're a monster, you don't need to waste your time doing all monstrous things. But I think. If Kaz had power, you know, would he be? It would be interesting to see, like, how, how similar would they be if they both had the same power? And I think as well, and this is another thing, is that Kaz is a lot younger to mm -hmm. them. Kat, the Darkling is over 500 years old. Kaz yeah. is only young. If Kaz went through the trauma that he's been through over and over and over and over and over again, would Kaz wind up just as, like, Kaz is this messed up from one thing he's been through, one bit of suffering, that the yeah. dark goes, you've been once, I've been through it dozens and dozens, thousands of times. And I think um, if he, people fear him, you know, I think. Well, the thing I wonder about the next series is, will they start bringing in plot lines from king of scars because if they're doing six of crows and they've already finished ruin and rising then what's the shadow and bone characters doing at this point See, that, that's the thing i'm curious about because i'm not sure if you noticed like at the end like in the last episode obviously we saw zoya have that moment where she kind of looks him up and down and goes i try and change him and stuff like that and then like we saw as well the bee as well yeah. um which like, i think there was this gif on facebook where people were like when they saw the bee like that leonardo dicaprio thing where he's like pointing at the tv and i was like oh my god that was me i was like oh 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 <laughs> i know what that means and like seeing all the little easter eggs for the different shows yeah. guys you're like 100 percent right i think they are going to have the king of scars plotline but like like kind of like what you talked about before like with the plot lines running at different points and what the characters are going to be doing Obviously, the King of Scars plot, a lot of it has to do with Nikolai finding a bride. And, oh, this is something that irritated me. I'm not sure if it upset you deeply. David. Oh, yeah. I was severely unhappy. That, I was crying. I was like, It was way too soon. It's like, I know he dies in the books, but what time did he have with Jenya? Like, they... They never got together. They never got their wedding. They never got to do anything. But, like, my thing with David was, like, I was, like, but he's, like, the mastermind behind Nikolai's operations. They, he basically died a train. Mm -hmm. They completely destroyed his character, I thought. Yeah. Like, completely destroyed his character. He was supposed to be part of the triumvirate, you know, the whole bit. Like, now having a leader... I I did like that it was the three women in the triumvirate, but at the same time, it's like, 
can they stick with it? Because I don't know, Alina's not her own, like, like she's her own Grisha order. She doesn't speak for a particular order, if that makes sense. Syria Alki, she's the lawyer. She's the same. She's a summoner. Like the whole point. Like you know, I'm I'm all for the whole. Like let's do like I'm all for women, and I think I think on this show, it is very clear that the women are just as powerful as the men. Yeah. I don't think that is the good thing about I, it. But there's both good and bad with this. I don't think that having the girl band of the three, like that point mm. of the triumvirate, like I think having like it was. Supposed supposed to be materialki, ethereal-key, yeah. and yeah. Uh, you know it's supposed to be all of them and then also it was supposed the whole, whole point of it is that all three were equal in their power yeah Zoya, Lena's not no she's clearly so they've got the triumvirate but she's still the head of the Grisha so yeah They've just replaced the dark I, I think they've got to bring someone else in for materialki. Like, they've uh, got to. I don't know what's going to happen, to be honest. I just think it's interesting, kind of like what you were saying, like, who are they going to bring in? Because they have to make it even. But, like, the only other Jurast or materialki that comes up is mm. Jasper, really. Yeah. Um, and they introduce a new character. Yeah. I mean, possible, but I think kind of the fact that we've met that saint who's a jurist and Jesper's starting to come himself, having him, because obviously we know Alina, Alina's going to be a villain, I think we can all predict that, mm-hmm. um, having then that space to open up um, would probably suit that would be a connection for the Grishaverse and the Six of Crows character, like the yeah. characters to also connected if Jasper became part of the Triumvirate. Like, I can't even say that word. I don't even care. <laughs> I mean, there, is, there are some difficult words to say and that's just one of them. Oh my god, no. The Ravkin words, funnily enough, I actually pronounced them correctly, but like, it's like, I Triumvirate, that's how I pronounced it. Yeah. Oh well. Okay, it's close. Um, but you know, I thought, and like, what the hell happened to the apparat? He just appeared at the end. I was like, his whole storyline was basically cut. Like it was ignored. It was non-existent. It was cut, and like, I think that will be something interesting for Rule of Wall. It'll be interesting to see how his character comes back. Like that makes me wonder if they're gonna play on, obviously. In King of Scars, he does sneaky shit with um, yeah. the Driscale and all that in Fiata. So it'll be interesting to see if that's part of the reason if he, like, they that's why he wasn't in. Yeah. I mean, but I'm- he's got to be involved in the next series, otherwise, there's pretty much no point in having him in the show. So he's got to become relevant. Yeah, and I mean, like, you, I think he will become more relevant because you could clearly see his distaste for Nikolai becoming king. I thought that was good. Yeah. Um, I was sat there waiting. I was like, it needs to attack. I was sitting there waiting for the mission boy. I was like, it needs to attack Nikolai. It yeah. needs to Nikolai. Why hasn't it attacked Nikolai? He is the king of scars. They can't change that. <laughs> and then it well, we, we, didn't, we didn't get the moment. But there was that little hint at the end yeah, it's supposed- in the final episode. It's supposed to have wings. It didn't have wings. That irritated me beyond measure. <laughs> There's still time, though. Like, the wings can grow. Hopefully. 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 Like, I just, I think, like, it's kind of all up in the air. It could go any direction, I think, from this point with the books um diverging from the books to the show yeah. i think i thought the moment where matthias saw nina get dragged away and he kind of went a bit you know ape shit like i thought yeah. that was kind of good 
I liked that because I thought if he just gets out, how's that going to work? Because they have to break him out of Hellgate. Yeah. How does that thought that was... I, I thought it was good how he was there, like, the whole series. And then when Pekka Rollins turned up and he was thrown in the prison and they had a bit of a thing, I just thought how they did that storyline was really good. Like, obviously oh, yeah. different from the books, but I, I don't know, it's dragging it out so that they can put the focus on him in the ice court and they do that. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I don't think we've seen the last of Pepper Rollins either. Yeah. Uh, we he'll know. be back. Yeah, he'll be back. And I think it's just given Matthias a reason to hate him. Um, yeah. And I think, I thought, I'm not going to, I thought all the like different episode openings were really good. Um, I loved yeah. the pros, and then there's got five crows and then this one that's just oh, yeah. that was so funny yeah that, and there was one that, that was like books as well and it looks like the lives of saints i thought that was really clever it's like all the little details that they're all different but all of those intros mean something yeah like they mean i think they've definitely did them for the people who read the books yeah um who books like i think they they've definitely put enough uh put effort in for the people for the book fandom because obviously there's an the fandom has just grown because people obviously love the show but haven't read the books so there's that kind of side of the fandom but also remembering like i like that lee has remembered that her book fans are yeah like kind of the, the original space of people um you know like she's I, mean, I think it's good that she's so heavily involved because that means even if things don't stay exactly true to the books it's like at least true to the universe and it's still giving something to the readers exactly if she was less involved i think there would be a lot more outrage over a lot more differences well, I mean, I think the thing is, as well, is like even you can see that from Shadow from this first season to the second season, she did say she was stepping back, and she definitely has. Like, it, it definitely has taken on its kind of own entity. Um, but I think the end of it, you know, they, I think they're going, they've done her justice. Like, I think they've done yeah. her justice. I think it's a show that's just going to probably keep getting better. Like, obviously, they've done the But My concern has been, like, the books have been done so quickly. Like, at yeah. where go, like, Lee said she's not planning on writing anymore. Like, rule of law. We, like, it may... We, we might get one more Six of Crows, but she says she has ideas for it, but no plans to write it at the moment. So it's open. Consider it finished, and then if I write something extra, then great. Yeah. But then if not yeah. over, you know, sort of thing. So I'm kind of taking it as that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, but I think, yeah, I just think it's it, it's interesting to see kind of where it's gonna go and like yeah. what will happen, and you, you know, I wonder if they'll drag out because obviously what we've got left, we've still got Six of Crows. Um. We've still got. Cro- the- Crooked Kingdom has pretty much already been done. Well, no. You could do, do like the Inez being kidnapped storyline, but most of the stuff with Pekka Rowlands has already been played out. But I feel like that's half of Crooked Kingdom. Half of Crooked Kingdom was mm-hmm. Pekka's and Kaz's um, vendetta against him. Yeah. The other half. And then- the stuff with Wyland's father as well, I guess you could do. And we haven't met Jesper's dad, and we haven't had that whole yeah. dynamic. We haven't had, um, you know, so we've got quite a lot, half the plot, really, to yeah. go, um, which I think will be good. Like, we've got that big scene where they're going to end up on trial, and then they, the tide makers come like like it's stuff like I feel like we've got still a lot of that plot line still yeah. come of Matthias and Nina's plot line. Then we've also got King of Scars and Rule of Wolves still to go. So I mean we've still got four books and God knows what else they're yeah. gonna they're including the lives of saints and everything. Like it really could be 
anything they could go either way like i think i think they're going to try and do i think they'll induce some events from king of scars and rule of wolves but i think a lot of it will probably be more six of crows focused because that's what everybody wants yeah um which will be good i think but we'll just have to wait and see i guess and just hope to god that they yeah. do it keep doing it justice really and they don't turn it into something weird like i think like that's why a lot of people i think are concerned about like a court of thorns and roses becoming a tv show yeah. like, i'm stressed about that <laughs> i think they'll do a good job but i i don't know i feel like there's lots of pressure like everyone's got such high standards for it to live up to but yeah they're not gonna get i believe sarah j mass is going to be involved in that same way Lee Bardugo has been involved so hopefully we have that that feeling where it honors the books even if it's not exactly exactly what we want to no. see no exactly I think like yeah I think we got very lucky with Shadow and Bone to be honest and I think like I remember I watched this thing where someone made this edit of Ben Barnes talking about how he didn't think the Darkling said nearly enough quotes from the book so he yeah. lit put in he said watch me squeeze in lines everywhere and he definitely <laughs> that this season and i think yeah. so many quotes that they more quotes than i've ever seen a tv show or film used from the books like the famous one i love that he's such a dedicated reader though like ben barnes genuinely loves the books like he's genuinely read them all to play the part yeah, yeah i think i and that's why i mean like i think he genuinely understands the Darkling's character. I think that yeah. that's why he played him so well, and that's why I like him as the Darkling. Um, I think the only other kind of thing I would say is Inej, uh, Amita play, plays Inej, obviously. Yeah. She talk, talked about, she read the books because Inej was one of the characters like that kind of was written for her culture sort of thing. Like, there wasn't as much, I think, back... That 10 years ago or even longer yeah much cultural diversity with characters um and i think she said inej was a character that she latched onto and i think a lot of women feel like a lot of people from other cultures yeah. feel this like with alina what the decision to make alina's shoe and um obviously inej gafar's culture and everything like a lot of people were very happy with that but she said the fact that i get to play a character that i fell in love with was like a dream come true sort of thing that she read the books before yeah. she like when she saw the role come up she was like oh my god I have to audition like I thought that was really nice well like having one of us actually go for the role was really cool yeah. um I think oh another actor I'd like to talk about who like stepped up this season was Freddie Carter like yeah that he definitely. crushed it this season like I feel like there's still some moments in the book in the show where you can tell that they're it wasn't like great acting like it wasn't like it was good but it wasn't great um yeah you could tell who were newer actors and who weren't um you know but Kaz we got book Kaz that was amazing like seeing him in the carriage and the, when he like kind of gave the side eye seeing him get Pekka Rollins on his knees that was all that whole scene could not have been more perfect, I don't think. It was amazing. Obviously, we got the... I, I wasn't... The whole dregs thing, I wasn't... A yeah. I, I was a bit confused. I was like, so are we not part of the dregs? Like, apparently not. Well, they are now. Like, Kaz now owns the dregs. Like, whilst that scene. But I was kind of like... Yeah, That's yeah but before, I thought... The crows are part of the drags in the first series, and there just wasn't a focus on it. But no, no? but I mean, they, I guess they needed the characters, and I think, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I did think it made sense though, the way they did it, even if it came as a bit of a shock to me. Yeah, 100% agree with you. I think it made sense, like, like I think they did well with it, but it was, it was good kind of to see that. Um, I think the other character I really enjoyed this. Oh, oh, Matthias. I love yeah. Matthias, right? I love Matthias. Everybody mm -hmm. loves him fine. 
him and Hellgate with no shirt on, I was just like, became like, bias is like, what, like, is coming yeah. up the ladder. <laughs> uh, he was hot. I was like, oh. Mm. I'd have to I like how they did the whole thing with the wolves towards the end as well. Like, that was a really good nod to the books and his culture. And yeah. Yeah, 100%. I like that they didn't that he didn't kill them in the show mm -hmm. like in the yeah but he refused yeah I thought it was a bit like cliche sort of thing I was kind of like oh he's the wolf whisperer what are, okay <laughs> like I thought it was good but at the same time I was kind of like well a wild wolf that has no idea who he is wouldn't do that because I thought that in the first book as well in the first part of the tv show when the Driscoll showed up and he was wearing a white wolf skin i was like that's like blasphemy in their culture why is he wearing it um that's very true i thought i was like that doesn't make sense because they're sacred to gel why would he wear a wolf skin obviously mm -hmm. they've fixed that now but like yeah I, I quite liked that um nina was really funny when she sat down with them and was like he's in that room there yeah and she was like ta-da i was like oh my god i love it <laughs> that was brilliant. and i think and the she fact got to meet waffles as well yes i was thrilled, <laughs> thrilled. like you could tell she flirted the waitress to get it you could tell that he flirted yeah. it was a flirt like, like it was just it was well done i think they definitely definitely paid the characters good well and i feel like i love that um nina gets to use her accent uh what god what's her name um the actress's name i can't think now yeah i think you're picturing her in my head danielle Danny, um i love that she got to actually get an irish accent as and like speak the other languages like speak shuhan and everything with all your oh this yeah. is seeing people talk about Tolia and in edge's relationship no, uh, you're not here. For I, I just can't. I just can't with it. <laughs> I I thought it was hilarious. Um, not gonna lie, I thought it was so funny. I went when he gave her like eye and she looked back at him. I was like, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was gonna add a bit of interest. Like, it's gonna be Kaz has competition. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. I mean it. It will be interesting to see what happens on the boat. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I think yeah. it serves it, though. Even though we all ship her with Kaz, mm. like, she does... I don't mean this in a bad way. I love Kaz, but she kind of does deserve better. He doesn't treat her very well at this point. Um, I don't like that she wasn't there for him. Mm. The whole Pekka Rollins thing. Yeah. That upset me because Inej in the books never would have done that she she said to him I'll be there I wouldn't miss it you know what I mean like you know I think that hurt I feel like they've still got time to grow though like yeah but that's I mean with everything's been rushed in this series and they haven't had the time to explore everything which, properly which is why I think they're gonna add Tolia into the mix because that's gonna make Kaz move Jealousy is a great motivator for men, and I think, like, I mean, maybe, maybe in that and Tolia could have a bit of a thing just to make Kaz jealous. Like, it's not real between them. I don't think they will. I maybe think I could see that happening. Really good friends. I don't think anything's going to happen. I think they're going to be very, mm -hmm. Kaz is going to be like, I think he's just not going to be offended. And yeah. I think it's gonna be a good thing i think it'll probably be friends and i think obviously we have to watch like Inej get stabbed and everything and i think it will his character will unlock um because obviously there's a lot of growth there like we will get him i bet we'll get kaz saying i would come for you and i because that, yeah. that i think where kaz really steps forward and said i would come for you so at the moment yeah. she's kind of moving like she said i will have you without armor kaz brecker i will not have you at all she's kind of I guess put herself out there a bit he's kind of tentatively put himself out there and I think you 
know now it's just when she gets taken and everything that's going to unhinge him when she gets stabbed we're going to start to see as his kind of feelings grow for her as you've said he will become more and more unhinged which i'm excited about yeah. kind of like watching the joker <laughs> with like, kind of like he's a little bit kind of like um jared leto's joker in that way like don't touch his woman like he'll yeah. come for you and it's not going to be pretty but yeah i don't really think there's anything else kind of talk about like with regards to the show thing i think the only other thing that i did you have any like favorite moments could you choose one i could choose one um i loved i think like i've got different moments with different characters i loved yeah. the moment with pekka rollins that whole scene yeah. um i've got my favorite scenes kind of between all the characters my favorite scene with matthias and nina is that scene where she gets dragged away and yeah. he fight for her i loved that um with the darkling i think i have a lot of favorites with him um i think one of my favorite scenes was the idea that he has no control over the fact the nature voyeur he acts like he does and he doesn't that moment where bagra tries to kill him and they kill her and yeah. the darkling goes no, yeah. no 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 and tries to stop it really kind of showed who he truly is um so i loved that i loved all the darkling scenes um i loved when nikolai announced that he was it was announced that he was Nikolai Lansov and not yeah. Sturmhorn I loved that was done really I well. loved that I don't think he could have looked more like Nikolai in that scene um I think all of his scenes were very good mm -hmm. um yeah just kind of a lot of it really was really yeah. well done it was the end when they really really started changing things that I didn't like but yeah oh anyway. They're supposed to hunt for the Firebird, and then they yeah. realize it. And I felt like Bagra could have been brought in a different way, but they definitely should have gone on the hunt. And I was a little disappointed that we didn't actually get to see the Firebird. Yeah, I would have loved to have actually seen it. Like, yeah. that's what I mean by I think like where we can agree that it was a bit rushed in some points as well. Yeah like yeah but oh well what can you do not i mean fingers crossed for another series I and we might get to see it then i think the good thing is is that we always well especially for bookworms we always have the books yeah like you can go back to them even though it's nice to have it on tv like they were at the characters were ours first if that makes sense like yeah. so we our original story and their original kind of characters with us so that's something that i guess we can keep and i think yeah, it's good separation definitely. between the two yeah but i think that's the best thing yeah definitely it's been a good conversation yeah, and just me. quickly at the end do you want to talk about what you're currently reading how your books are grammar going any plans coming up or yeah. just a general conversation about books yeah i can do that quickly so at the moment I'm making my way through my first read of throne of glass i'm buddy reading it with a Very good friend i have to go slowly because even though we i want to just devour it i have to wait like we have to be kind of a bit patient and wait um, <laughs> um where are you up to at the moment which book halfway through assassin's blade um okay and, and you know what's coming yeah, yeah. i just want to read queen of shadows i will cry but i just want to get to queen of shadows like i love yeah. rock, so i'm like that's it, nice i don't really care yeah. about this i'll cry over sex <laughs> um it's definitely worth reading assassin's blade at that point though like yeah, you don't want to leave it any later no so that will be good the problem with this series that i'm having a little bit is that a lot of stuff's been spoiled for me on tiktok and stuff like that so i know things and it is what it is but you know i've had artwork 
wreck what happens to a certain character at the end of Assassin's Blade, um, which is irritating, but oh well. Um, and then I'm also part of Kat Dunn's uh, street team for Better Thorn, um, which is really yeah. cool that people should pick up. And then I'm going to be into April, I'm going to be reading uh, The Adventures of Amina Al Sarafi by Shannon, I want to say Shakraboti or something like that. I can't pronounce her name. Apologies if I've just butchered that. Um, and then I've got, I run a book club, excuse me, out of Siren Sester, which we have as well. We have a fantasy book club, so we're going to read The Left-Handed Booksellers of London. Um, yeah. It's going to be really good. You've got loads going on at the moment. Yeah, my problem is, is I have the attention, I have the memory of an elephant and the attention span of a goldfish. So I, <laughs> I have about 10 to 15 books reading, I'm reading at the moment, and I remember everything. I'm reading the Zodiac Academy series as well, but I've kind of put that on the back oh. burner. But someone <laughs> And said, I'm reading TOG for the first time too, and it's so good. What book are you up to? Yeah, can you tell us what book? Because I'm like, maybe you could join that read along. Yeah, I know. I mean, more the more the merrier. <laughs> but yeah, we're really enjoying it. I loved Airfire. Oh my god, yeah. that was brilliant. I mean, Empire of Storms is my favorite, so you've still got that to look forward yeah. to. We're gonna do the tandem read of that one. Um, okay. Be good, I think, because a lot of people have said if you read Empire of Storms first, you're not gonna want to read Tower of Dawn. Um, yeah. My other friend who's read them all has said, no, no, you must go through what I went through, which was <laughs> read Empire of Storms because she read the um, started reading the series just when Empire of Storms had come out, and then she said, yeah. she said I had to wait. On that ending, and she said, "Neither yeah. need of Ash next." She's like, "I got Tower of Dawn next." <laughs> she said, "So I yeah. Tower of Dawn and <laughs> wait for Kingdom of Ash." And she said, "You must go through what I went through." And I was just like, "That sounds like a you problem." So yeah. I'm gonna do. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna do it. This I started reading the series around the time Kingdom of Ash was just released, so I got lucky there, where they were all out when I was reading. But yeah. I I did Empire of Storms first and then Tower of Dawn and it's a torturous wait to get from Empire of Storms to Kingdom of Ash. So yeah, I can't, so can't imagine having to wait for the actual books to release. I think I'd cry. Kind of like what's going on with Crescent City. So the coach yeah. just said... It, it is like that situation. Right, like, check these comments. just said um, she's just finished Tower of Dawn and was sobbing so far queen of shadows is my fave i can't wait for yeah. queen of shadow i'm literally chomping at the bit to start that book i i can't wait like <laughs> to do with the green it's universe. a good one no but like i have my problem with me as a reader is that i mm. figure stuff out in like two seconds yeah. so if people yeah. if people say one word i will like i, I know like people say you don't know and I'm like yeah but that's you saying that is enough for me to put as I'm reading everything together because that's how I read yeah. so like I kind of spoiled Crooked Kingdom for myself a little bit with what happened to a certain bias because I read the blurb for King of Scars I read the synopsis and um, I went in Nina would leave is if you know something happened to Matthias, yeah. so I kind because of, I thought King of Scars and Six Crows run at the same time, mm. so mm. I, I kind of went oh well, I know what happens, so that's great. Yeah, I've had a few spoilers in the past from reading blurbs, so I've learnt my lesson, and I will not read the next blurb in the series until I've finished the book before, because oh, I. God have had spoilers from that yeah i think that's the best way to do it because otherwise it's just too hard but what are you reading at the minute so i finished i kissed shara wheeler a few days ago which i really enjoyed that was a really good book oh, and good. then yeah and then literally last night i read the first chapter of babel so oh i can't give 
any opinions really at the moment because I've only read the first chapter but I'm very interested to see how it goes you're going to love it it's really good it's really like yeah it's really good I'm listening to it on an audio book and I listen to it when I'm driving and I'm like what is the way through it and it's really good um so I think you literally everyone raves about it so I'm really excited to see what all the fuss is about. Well deserved, I think. Um, she's an amazing. Like the the effort and the research she's done is insane. Yeah, I can already see that. Insane. It just keeps you think it can't be getting more. It's just more, and it's just phenomenal. So yeah, yeah by that one. Yeah, and then the other thing, I'll be reading the Bridge Kingdom next. Oh yeah, that's next up on my tbr so i'm really looking forward to that i haven't read those ones but everyone keeps telling me i need to read them yeah same I'm thing interested in those as well so much to read so little time <laughs> everyone's problem yeah, 100%. so it, it's been lovely chatting to you it's been lovely chatting to you as well thank you so much yeah. for having me welcome thanks for joining me and thank you to everyone watching and listening as well. Yeah, thank you so and much. And hopefully I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. We'll chat soon. Hope everyone has a lovely weekend. Yeah. And keep watching yeah. to get a third season. <laughs> Very important message. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Bookstagram Live. Please take the time to rate, review and subscribe wherever you are listening. You can follow Gigi on Instagram at Gigi's Book Adventures and you can find me over on Instagram at C. Sutcliffe Books. Follow me to watch future episodes as I record them live before uploading the audio to this podcast. If you would like to feature in a future episode, you can reach out through my DMs with the topic you would like to discuss. This could be your bookish career a particular book or maybe your favourite trope. Any topic you can think of, I'm happy to listen. This is your chance to promote something you feel passionate about. Thank you and always remember, keep smiling, keep reading and keep the conversation going. Speak to you next time.